good afternoon. Welcome to everyone uh, to the Ag Market Network. This is our monthly cotton uh, market broadcast. I'm Pat McClatchy. Our program is sponsored uh, by BASF. Uh, as you know, they are the owners of Fiber Max and Stoneville Cottonseed, and they make they make this program possible for you. We appreciate that. Our program today is going to be led by uh, Gerald Nieper. Uh, Gerald will be joined today by our panel of Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Kip Butts, and Dr. John Robinson. Uh, well, Gerald, we're excited to hear what's going on in the cotton market. Well, um, you know, USDA, of course, you never know what to expect out of USDA. And, and uh, you know, February is nor- normally a, a pretty benign month in terms of just nothing really happening. But And, you know, this month was no different, or this February was no different. Uh, oral production was reduced, you know, 800,000 bales, uh, mainly out of uh, India, uh, 500,000 bale reduction out of India. You had a uh, 345,000 bale reduction out of uh, Tanzania. Uh, Zambia was down 65,000. And these were offset by, you know, a few increases here and there. 140,000 bale increase in, in, uh, in Iran, um, 25,000 bale increase in Burkina Faso. So, you know, just some just some routine numbers. Um, there was only 100 world consumption was raised 186,000 bales, um, and again, that was uh, mainly due to Iran, uh, which was lifted 100 and. 50,000 bales, and uh, and Syria, which has looked at 35,000 bales. Um, world exports were, you know, on a net basis, were reduced by 115,000 bales. Brazil was knocked down 100,000, India down 100,000, and U.S. down 250,000. And, you know, I'm, I was thinking that they might not do anything at all with, with shipments, but... Uh, um, you know, at the most, they might knock them down to, to 14.5 just because we've been behind schedule. But, you know, I think it's a little too early to, to, to completely, you know, naysay the reduction that maybe it should have been larger based upon what we've shipped to date. But, you know, if you look at the USDA, if, if you look at export sales and shipments in the uh, 2000 and uh, 17 crop year, you know, from from this point forward, um, we shipped almost 11 million bales, which is astounding. And if you plug in, you know, USDA's newest, newest numbers, we only have to ship 10.2 million bales to, to come up with, a, with the lower estimate. And, you know, we they could have, I think, almost uh, justified leaving it uh, unchanged at 15 million, but... Uh, um, we'll know more. We'll have a better feeling on this as, as we move forward. You know, I, I, I keep being told by you know shippers that um, cotton is is ready to be shipped. It's all being staged. It's just a matter of getting the boats. So, uh, um, you know, we could see some export sales or some export shipment numbers here in the not too distant future. You know that could well exceed you know five hundred six hundred thousand bales on on a weekly basis if, if we can get all the boats uh, lined up and, and going. Um, world ending stocks were down only eight hundred thousand bales primarily, or down seven hundred thousand bales primarily due to the you know the reduction in in uh, uh, production of 
of 800,000 bales. Uh, China was down 275,000. India was down 300,000 bales. Um, and collectively, between both China and India, those two countries alone are down 6.675 million bales from, from a year ago. Um, the, the U.S. was raised 300,000 bales, of course, as, as they reduced uh, exports by 250,000. And uh, uh, they made an adjustment on uh, unaccounted for, which, which accounted for, the, for a 300,000 bale drop here in the United States or a 300,000 bale increase in ending stocks from 3.2 up to 3.5 million bales. It looks like, you know, if you look on a chart, the market initially acted negative, negative to, the, uh, to the numbers and then bounced all the way back up uh, to, uh, to something that was a little bit uh, um, nicer. Um, let's see. We, I think we, yeah, I think we made our lows right there on, on the uh, – on the nine o'clock hour, well, nine o'clock California time, the low of uh, 125.83, and then it jumped all the way back up to uh, uh, 126.75, and looks like we're going to settle somewhere around 126.50 or so, um, down a little bit. I think uh, we're running into some headwinds uh, here. The uh, uh, and I say that because. Um, it seems like that they're in some of these countries like uh, China, India, Pakistan. You know, they they've reached the limit on really what they're willing to pay on a fixed price basis. So, you know, right in here, prices work. We go up much higher, and you know, sales kind of kind of slack off, or somebody's going to have to cut their basis to get to get something moving uh, if, if they want to sell it. So. Um, I don't really know what that implies for the nearby contract other than I think it's going to be kind of hard to get this thing up over 130. Um, I was hoping that we might be able to reach 135 at some point, but given the resistance to uh, uh, to flat prices, you know, landed in some of these countries, it, it looks like, you know, we're, I think we're just going to stay stuck in a 125, 124 to you know, 128 to 130 trading range for, for a while on, on the nearby contract. Um, Pat, I don't really have too much more to add because there just really wasn't a whole lot more out there right now. So if anybody's got questions or comments, oh, wait, Kip, John? Okay, you did a nice job, Gerald. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you. I was going to say, good job. <laughs> I know somebody's got a comment about something. This is... <laughs> Anybody keep up with where the funds are? What's where? Where? Where are the funds right now, as far as building positions? Um, well, you know, the latest commitment of traders report showed that you know them getting a little bit longer. Um, it depends if you're talking about the. The index funds versus the uh, – um, let me see if I can find that file here. Um, the It's sort of interesting that, uh, um, you know, week to week, you know, the trade will, will either reduce their net short position or increase their net short position, and managed money seems to be on, on the other side of that every time. So 
Um, you know, it seems like managed money helps push us up, and then, you know, the trade sells. And, and uh, uh, so managed money last week, as of, as of February 1st, you know, they had added almost 450,000 bales in, in, uh, in new longs, in net new longs in their position. Index funds were up about 53,000. But, you know, the index numbers really don't move a whole lot. Um, the, uh, but uh, the trade, you know, surprisingly added about 500,000 bales of new shorts last week. But that's a little bit deceiving. Uh, not so much in old in in the current crop they added 143,000 bales of fed shorts, and in new crop or something beyond August, let's put it that way, uh, they added 345,000 bales of, of new shorts. I'm sure there's some some producers selling up here um, at these prices on the on the new crop. You know, after all, you're looking at you know 103, 104, 105, uh, trying to make a push for for 106. And so, you know, that starts to get grow, starts to get the attention of, of growers out there. Uh, Away, what what do you see as far as the latest? And I know this is early, but the latest as far as acreage goes is for, for cotton versus other crops. Everything's for new crop is so strong right now. What what, what do you think on that? It's still vibrating, gyrating, and vibrating between 12.5 and 13. I tend to favor the top on the 13. The, uh, the uh, looking at the insurance rate, uh, insurance prices. So I, uh, to me, that just says that the dryland Texas area is just going to have to go into cotton, and that's going to push us up to 13. I guess it's one thing to have acres; it's another thing to actually have a crop. But I, I certainly would think you, you'll, you'll definitely have acres. Yes. But as far as the Mississippi Delta goes, I mean, what 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 do you think there? This is going to be cotton as usual, or or what do you see? Well, I think what's what's going on is folks are sticking in with their rotations much more. They've decided that it helps their yield. Uh, the yield is important enough to them, and they stick with those rotations. And you look at the price of the crops, competing crops, they're just tending to. The number one is, is rotation somewhat in lieu of what we used to say is price. Now, they will we'll probably have about a 4% increase just strictly on price. Uh, could have a little bit more than that, but uh, a four to five percent increase strictly on price in the Mississippi Delta. Mm-hmm. All right. I, and when I say Mississippi Delta, I'm talking about Mississippi River Delta. All right. Well, Mississippi. any other comments before we start talking about uh, what we're looking for for prices? I want to ask away a question on this. Uh, the soybean prices are pretty attractive right now. Are they going to uh, we're going to stick to rotation, or do you think there's a probability because these input costs are look like they're going to be pushed up pretty good that we might uh, soybeans may give us more competition than you might ordinarily expect on a rotational basis? Uh, I don't. I don't think the soybeans are going to give us more competition simply because cotton is so price uh, heavy this particular year. And as we look at uh, non-delta areas, I think we're seeing that. Uh, where cotton yields have been strong, and that's the, for generally for the most part of the areas, the, the non-delta areas we see, they're 
they're going to stay with their cotton, and actually cotton is going to take a little bit of that bean ground. Not much, okay. but some. I understand. Okay, thank you. All right. Well, I uh, <laughs> I want to ask Gerald. Gerald, let's talk about price. What, what, what do you think we can see? You talked a little bit about this, but as far as the new crop goes, let's talk about where do you think this market can go? Oh, gosh. I guess, you know, everything's going to revolve so heavily around West Texas. Um, I was talking to my sister today, and she lives in Hereford, Texas, and she was trying to tell me that even guys who've got irrigation, um, they may not be able to irrigate as much because the, the groundwater just, I, I guess, the, the the aquifer is, is lower or something. And she said growers were being warned that uh, they may not get all the water that they would like. Um, so, and you combine that with it just being dry, um, you know, I think that's going to keep West Texas, West Texas is going to keep everybody on their toes. Um, right now, I'm looking at a target of 112. Um, I've heard some other astronomical numbers from you know some some uber bulls but i don't <laughs> i it just uh you know and if if july and and july has got such a a burden i think for mill buyers i mean there's as of the previous week were over 50,000 bales or 50,000 contracts of cotton needed to be bought against the you know, a very small amount of cotton that needed to be sold. Um, and if that, if July goes higher, not because people are selling, but because people have to buy and um, there there are no sellers, <laughs> you know, who knows what July can do. And, you know, that could drag December up easily. And it's dry in West Texas. It doesn't look, and, and a lot of cotton gets abandoned. Um, you know, it might drag de- December all the way up to the 120 level. You know, Gerald, let me just ask you this. You brought this up. You know, you hear so many people talk about these, the mills having to fix prices and that they've, over time, kicked the can down the road. It, where does the road end? Is it July? Is that pretty much it? That's a good question, Pat. I, I don't know. Because, I mean, there were people that thought, it was going to end now. I mean, there was a lot of talk about, well, it's finally going to take off. They've got to, they've got to take care of this, but that's not the case. But it, you, you would think at some point that they've got to deal with it. Well, you know, what was it, two, the 2010-11 crop year? It seemed like we made our high in, was it March or April? Yeah. No, I think it was March. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if things are going to be similar to, to that year in terms of, you know, I, I don't think we're going to go see 227 or something, but uh, um, the if it peaks, it's probably going to peak somewhere in, in the March-April time period, I would think. Um, or, heck, maybe wait till June and you get close to first notice day. Now, what, what we don't know is you've you got a number of contracts out there that need to be bought. We don't know how the mills are covered via options. So, um, you know, they could they could very well 
you know, have, uh, for example, just the just the March contract alone. You know, there's a pretty hefty open interest in options, and you know, uh, Mills could could be holding you know pretty good positions in options, and those things, those longs, just you know, they get taken care of pretty easily. So it's hard to make a definitive statement on when this thing might might end. Well, you gave us your 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 high. What what is what is your low for December? How low do you think we might back off? Um, well, if if we end up with 13 million acres, and all of a sudden West Texas gets a day, deluge of of rain, um, you know you could easily fall back into the 90s. You know, there's going to be good support between 98 and 104. Then there's going to be good support around 95 cents. But, yeah, you could easily fall back into the mid to low 90s if 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 the, if the weather permits it to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's go to John. John, what are your thoughts on, on new, crop, new crop price? And you can give it on old crop if you want also, but we just wanted to get your ideas. Uh what I've been, you know, looking at my balance sheet, <laughs> looking at my balance sheet, I would conclude that futures ought to be fairly priced in the 90s or something. So then I'm attributing everything else to to mill fixations and and hedge fund uh, buying, and that can that that's in the current year. I think that applies to next year or next year. That applies to the to the upcoming crop. I've, I've I, I think we could be we'll be supported in the 90s. I think um, the gasoline on the fire that's going to happen in a weather market from from the hedge funds is going to give us a dollar five, dollar ten, dollar fifteen. I I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. And beyond that is just sort of <laughs> you know nobody can say because we're in sort of un, uncharted times. Okay, Kip. Um, uh, well, you know, there's a little bit of a problem because we're all sort of on the same side of the boat, and that, that usually does not uh, end well. But I, I certainly can't disagree that that a dollar ten, dollar fifteen is, is under the circumstances we just talked about a dry West Texas, and even with a larger uh, thirteen million bale uh, acre uh, crop uh, area planted, rather should uh, that's certainly possible and. You know, with energy prices and commodity prices just in general sort of in a, an up move, I, I think that's easy to do. Uh, the downside, well, you know, I, I agree mid to low 90s. I can't discount it, couldn't go lower than that, but you've got to have some things happen to, I think, at this point to to uh, to create that sort of scenario. So, unfortunately, I'm in the same boat these others are. I say unfortunately because, like I say, that tends to – not work well. Okay, OA, you're going <laughs> to give us something new? Well, you know, in, just in case uh, somebody missed it, not to be naive, I think you said we're on the same side of the boat. Uh, I think what you were telling us was that we tend to be agreeing with each other, and when all of us agree, then there's one thing that's for sure, and that's that we're all wrong. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And that's just, I mean, 
case. Uh, we may not be this time, but more often than not, that would tend to be the case. At least that's what happens usually in, in a typically active market. But it's uh, yes, I think this market is extremely well supported, at least as long as these on-call sales are out there, and they'll be there uh, into the July contract. There's just too many to get rid of. Uh, no matter what we do, unless we go sky high. So I think, uh, Gerald, uh, I forget exactly the number you threw out there, but uh, just on the July contract, there's something like 5 million bales that have to be bought, and Gerald probably has the exact number, that 5 million bales have to be bought and uh, 500,000 that need to be sold. Uh, so it's a tremendous pressure on July. Now, I would tend to think personally, I think that's going to hash out during, on the May contract, but uh, I've been thinking that the May would hold the highest for the year and not July, but it could be July. But uh, we're not trading cotton per se. We're trading the demand to get out of uh, futures contracts, and this market can go, old crop can go anywhere uh, uh, to the upside. It's anything would dollar thirty, $1.40, $1.50 would not surprise me. Uh, and to some degree, that's going to take new crop with it. But new crop, I think, probably gets uh, awful heady uh, at a dollar and a dime. But I wouldn't, if, if old crop goes to dollar fifty on old call sales, I, I can see December without rain going up to dollar and twenty cents. Do I think that's going to happen? Absolutely not. We've still got till Memorial Day to get some rain in Texas. That's a long time, and I think sooner or later the odds are that rain's going to come. But until it does, it's not here, and the market's going to respond to it. Uh, mills are still buying. We had huge sales last week, uh, 300000 for new crop sales, 300000 for old crop sales. Uh, and, you know, follow the trend as long as it's there. I mean, follow the trend always, but the trend's still up, so we can't second-guess it. Uh, it's there, and I mean, in my opinion. I think it's worth With, emphasizing yeah. the, the, the downside risk of putting – seed even if it's brown bag seed one foot apart a centimeter deep if you put seed and plant 13 and 13 and a half million acres then that downside risk is there that will have a repeat of what happened in 21 now, i don't know what the meteorological odds of that are but but if you're putting that much seed in the ground then you know all it has to do is have a nice rain and have a widespread unexpected emergence and rain once in June and rain once in July, and then we'll be dealing with all kinds of uncertainty, but we'd be dealing with a hedge fund sell-off probably. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Thank you. Any any other thoughts here? You know, Pat, what I didn't say, Pat, is I am I, I agree with the other guys on the downside risk. It's uh, it's it's going to be tough to get this to get new crop below ninety cents. I can certainly see it going into the nineties, but uh, I just don't see it breaking ninety cents to the downside. Uh, again, it it could and would if uh, if if Mother Nature came out all of a sudden and just became extremely cooperative. Okay. And I'm I'm not talking about just in West Texas. I'm talking about around the globe. Uh, 
there's enough shortage. There's enough tightness. Uh, But the underlying thing, and I think it's been mentioned, but we didn't hammer on it much, inflation, inflation, inflation. Inflation is going to keep all of these prices higher. Uh, It's it's just the the law of markets. And uh, we get a little uh, saber-rattling in in China, a little bit in Russia, and all these kinds of things. it, it blows crude oil sky high. Well, that takes any fertilizers. That would be the 23 crop, I guess, now, uh, unless the fertilizers hadn't been prearranged for, for this year. But it takes uh, fertilizer sky high because oil prices, but it would also take, uh, it, it, depending on the possibilities of a quote-unquote war, I don't think it would hurt cotton. It might initially, but then... Uh, I think the market would come back. Under that sort of scenario you just came up with, won't the consumer sort of put his hand in his pocket in that case with inflation going and potential uh, uh, conflict and uncertainty? It Wouldn't the consumer slow down just a little bit? Just a question. Fair question. Uh, uh, I think you know, consumers have have not been saving anything. They've been spending every penny they had, and uh, you know, all of a sudden now we're not going to have the, the government stimulus. So yes, uh, uh, consumers would back off a little bit, but uh, they'll, they'll back off of all goods. They won't back off just cotton goods. I think uh, with oil prices going sky high, it's going to put that much more pressure on polyester. Uh, the the brands and the retailers have, have found a, a new love for cotton, thank goodness, and I don't see that going away unless we do get substantially higher. But, again, in this particular scenario, poly prices are going off, are also going to go higher. And poly prices have gone higher. I mean, they're up to about 56, and I know this doesn't sound high, but uh, – uh, at one time, they were fairly low in China, but they're up to fifty six fifty seven cents a pound right now after being after spending a lot of this earlier this year you know in the uh mid to upper forties so not a big increase, but polyester prices are coming up, and I'm sure it has something to do with the the oil price increase if not everything to do with the oil price increase. All right. Well, I guess we can, uh, unless somebody else has another comment, I think we can. I have one more comment I'd like to make. It's not about the market per se, but it's about someone that we've used repeatedly through the years, haven't recently, but uh, this is the first program we've had since the passing of uh, Ed Jernigan. The late Ed Jernigan was a, a premier cotton analyst, and one way or the other, all of us interacted, worked with, worked for, or uh, spent time with him in discussions. We called on him frequently to talk with growers. Uh, he led the charge to, uh, to to help increase cotton consumption, and I just want to recognize his, uh, his great uh, contribution to the cotton industry, a man that was welcomed around the world with respect to cotton marketing. All right. Thank you, O.A. We appreciate you doing that. Thank you, all Well said. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, uh, we want to thank BASF for sponsoring our program. Uh, special thanks to Gerald. 
Dnieper for leading us today and for our cotton panel being with us. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you.